So, um, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone, and a special welcome to Giuseppe, who is uh, my guest for today. Uh, so, hi, Giuseppe. How are you? Hi, Kiss. Very well, thanks to you. Uh, yeah, very good. So, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling from Bristol. Bristol, okay. Accent clearly. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I live and invest in Bristol, uh, but as you know, I, I come from Italy. I was born in Milano. Yeah. I live there most of my life. Okay. Moved to England in 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful there. I went to um, I went to a wedding at Lake in Lake Como a few years oh, ago. Oh, nice! I love yeah, that. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, <very laughs> it's nice. a cool place. <laughs> very cool. Yes. Okay. So, um, just uh, so just so to give our guests some idea of what you're going to talk about, uh, well, can yeah, just explain what you're going to talk about, how you help people. So I believe it's to do with helping people get financial freedom through doing rent to rent. Is that right? Yes. So basically, what I want to share with uh, you all is uh, my journey from being a full-time employee from Shell, the old company, uh, to then be financially independent as I am now through a couple of strategies that I've uh, successfully implemented, which are rent to rent HMO and buy refurbish uh, refunds. So. Yeah, uh, that's the journey I want to explain, and uh, I will not sugarcoat it. I will not say that it was all plain sail because it was not. Sure. Let's <laughs> highlight all the, you know, the the negative bit of it. But, uh, okay. And, and okay, so, so you mentioned the um, uh, rent to rent using yes. HMOs, correct, and then um, buy refurbished refinance. And correct. do you ever do you ever flip them? Do you ever buy refurbished? I've never flipped so far because no. for that one is because until july this last year 2021 i want to build my own portfolio and yes besides that uh, i had planned in 2015 and so i managed to achieve that goal 24th of july 2021 which is a big milestone in my journey and yes. uh, now that i build the portfolio as i wanted uh, maybe from now on i will consider flips Okay. Uh, I don't need to add any more properties to my portfolio, unless obviously there is an amazing deal, and I would never say no to an amazing. Okay, deal. I think it depends on people's financial situation, because if yeah. someone is short of money and needs yeah. money fast, then I think flipping is probably the faster it's, route to. It's an amazing one. The yeah. way I slightly did in a slightly different way, I use rent rent HMO for my cash flow to get my money. Yeah, and um, and then I build my own portfolio, so I didn't need the lump sum of the flip. But flip is a great, great strategy. Yes, you need at that specific moment of your life. So sure, and it also just depends what opportunities come your way. Because some Correct. are right for rent to rent, some are right for buy and hold, and some are right for for flipping or flipping. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm sure I'm sure many of our listeners would be really interested in um, how to gain financial freedom, especially because your strategy doesn't really involve very much money to start off with, because a lot of people have no money and they want to get onto the, want to get into property. And a lot of the techniques, you know, like buying an investment property can require so much to deposit that uh, it just stops people getting into property. But your way, I mean, if someone wanted to, to get into uh, your, your methods how, yeah. how much money would they need to start off with? I would say between five and seven thousand pounds, roughly. Okay. It depends. There are situations where it, it might be much less, but as an average, 
if you need to uh, rent a property, fully furnish it, maybe do a little bit uh, DIY and so on, I would say 5,000 pounds is a good average. And uh, I had some extremes. One house I managed to move in and just uh, an agency, 525 pounds. It was fully furnished. It was beautiful, um, decorated. So I just turned the keys and moved my uh, tenants in. So that was an exception. And yeah. um, to another exception, when we repainted all the house, we changed the flooring and so on. So we spent around nine, nine, 10,000 pounds. So this okay. is too extreme. But I would say in the middle is there a, a realistic range, 5,000 pounds. And then, I, and then that covers obviously there'll be an, 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 an initial period when you're, you're renting and you're, you're refurbishing properties. So there'll be a void in that period and you're paying rental out. And but probably most of it is spent on contractors uh, decorating and doing refurbishment work. Yeah. So that, uh, in terms of that amount, let's say 5,000 pounds. So the big bulk would be in buying furniture. Oh, furniture. Okay. Sure. Okay. And then um, if you sp- Go extreme seven eight thousand pounds. We spend money in contractors to do work. Usually, it's a leak of paint and maybe changing the flooring and so on. Um, in terms of voids, we tend not to have a big voids at the beginning because we phase it in the right way. So one option is we, if there is a big refurb to do, we negotiate with the landlord to not to pay until the big refurb is is finished. Yeah. The second one, if the house is ready to go we tend to try to convince the landlord to allow us to do viewings during the referencing of my company and so on. It usually takes two weeks uh, to get fully references and so on. And uh, so uh, once the offer is accepted in writing, I ask my landlord, say, do you mind if I do some viewings? Maybe I create you know, an open day or two session of two hours, a couple of days. And so that I can try to have tenants already line up uh, a week after I start. So in the most uh, situation, I've got probably two weeks void at the beginning of the- Two weeks, okay, yeah, that's nothing. Which is okay, but because I look at, you know, usually it's between two, three or four uh, four years um, contract, two weeks in a big scheme is not a big investment, so. And and, and how many rooms do you do you manage? Uh, I manage more than 150 at the moment. 150 rooms, wow, okay. 50 plus. And uh, so between my own uh, HMOs and uh, rent-to-rent HMOs, so my my two portfolios together. Okay, and you don't do any service accommodation? No, I did some, uh, what was it? Five years ago, uh, I had two beautiful flats uh, on a... On the harbor side, you know, in Bristol, on the, yeah, uh, on the water side, and they were they're beautiful, they're incredible. And um, so I wanted to try to do service. Uh, I went to to get trained. I did a very good course and so on. And uh, I did it for nine months, and then I found out that uh, the amount of effort I had to put in there for the amount of money I was making it was not, in my opinion, and that's my personal opinion. Was yeah. So my conclusion at that point was either I scale it up big. Yes, yeah. But if I want to leave it in, you know, that limbo of two, three or four apartments, it's not worth it. And because I love HMOs. Yeah. I really love them. And it was really, and it is still my bread and butter. 
I decided with Jill, my wife and business partner say, you know what, let's stop here. We tried, it was a good experience. I could write a book with everything that has happened in those two apartments. And, um, but yeah, let's go back to our bread and butter. We are good in that one. We have got passion. We go back. So uh, yeah, as I said, it was just a nine months experiment. And, uh, and then we decided to stop. I don't want to put anyone off that strategy. Well, I mean, no, it's useful it's to great strategy. No, it's, no, it's definitely useful to know uh, your opinion. You've tried it. I mean, because I've, I've, I've never tried serviced accommodation. Uh, and uh, I know that, you know, if it works fine, it's, it's a lot of money. But I know yeah. there's a lot of things that can potentially go wrong. And that, you know, the penalties are quite high if you um, offer um, accommodation for someone and then uh, you, you can't fulfill it or it's yeah. untidy or something like that. They're big penalties. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, it was more, I've got a finance background. So I love forecasting very precisely. Yeah. My profitability, that's, that's my passion. I love, you know, doing all the financial reporting and so on. Yeah. And in, a, in an HMO, uh, you can predict pretty accurately how much money you are going to make. Every yes. Day. There is the one-off unexpected maintenance, but I cannot accrue 5% a month. And more or less, I'm in that ballpark figure. And while with the um, service accommodation, it depends. You might have months where you make 10,000 pounds a month and where you have got a month where you make 1,000 pounds a month. Yeah. It is not pre uh, the fact that I could not predict. Yeah, yeah. It made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But again, that's me. I'm done like this. I'm, as my wife teases me sometimes. I'm yeah. <laughs> Control freak. So <laughs> I really need to have everything <laughs> under control. And that's well, you found you found a system that obviously works very well. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. stick to that. I think there's no point. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But the good thing I, I think is always, if I want to try, if I want to explore something, I do it. Yeah, yeah. It's my. It's based on my experience because you know you might have a great experience doing I don't know, flipping for example. Yeah, yeah. Within that one, and I might not like it or vice versa you know it, it, it's personal the, yeah uh, so just only trying it and doing it properly it really gives you the answer if it's for you or not and uh, and that's what i've done of course and so um what sort of tenants do you have so i've got three types of tenants so uh i started originally with uh, international tenants uh, tenants that come from italy yeah mainly Italy, France, and uh, in Spain. And the reason for that is because to me and my wife, we can speak fluently those three languages. Yeah, yeah. The way we did it is we were attracting these foreign uh, tenants. When the, sometimes where they were already in, uh, oh, st sorry, still in their countries. Yes. We attracted them, you know, we went on uh, Facebook groups, uh, for example, Italians in Bristol. Just for yeah, this. yeah. And we were writing in Italian and people maybe in Milan say, oh, I'm moving to Bristol in one month's time. I need a room yeah. can help, you know? And the fact that I could communicate in their uh, mother tongue language really broke a lot of barriers. And uh, mm. they, they, they saw me as a, an expert in, the, in mm. And um, so that's the way we start. So we started mailing with that, uh, that um, niche market. Then we expanded to professional in general because yeah. even in Bristol, we have got a big corporation where we, we live. So we have got Airbus, uh, uh, Rolls-Royce, and so on. And so we managed to get into those corporations 
and um, tapping into the intern. Uh, people do an internship for one year. Yeah. Because we had all these really smart engineers coming from, you know, Singapore, everywhere, Germany and so on, that we were here for one year. So we knew that we were there for 12 months mm. and they rented our house for, uh, for, for one year, exactly. And the great stuff is, they are great with maintenance because being engineers, you know how many times they called us say, well, we have probably with X, and we fix it. Say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were really, really nice. I love international environments. Sure. And, and so that was fitting my criteria. That's what I loved about working in Shell when I was working globally and so on. It's just the international environment. I love it. Yeah. Then obviously between Brexit and COVID, it's, yes. <laughs> it's two line of business were a little bit impacted. So yes. we speak now, we still got um, um, professional from everywhere. Uh, yeah. and, uh, but then we are really specializing in uh, uh, working with NHS. So we work oh, okay. with NHS Trust in Bristol. Oh. And, and so we have got, we house the international uh, nurses. So up oh, yeah. Bristol, but I think they do everywhere. The NHS trust goes to usually to Dubai. There is yeah. a, and they hire uh, nurses from uh, at the moment uh, India, Philippines, and Nigeria. Sure. Uh, the, the three countries where they're coming from. So they come over here, and the NHS trust give them I think six months accommodation, and, uh, and the accommodation is one of my houses. So we got several houses with them. So, so you they, went you went directly to NHS trust. Yeah. So I get paid by the NHS. Oh, that's great. Brilliant. Yeah. It's basically guaranteed rent. Yeah. Um, and they put there their nurses. We still uh, check everything. We support everything. So we check, first of all, the right to live here, even if obviously because they get um, yes. NHS, is it? But we still check all of that. And then uh, we usually send a cleaner there every two weeks. So everything is under control. And we offer also a, a service to our Nurses, but more important for me, the cleaner is like my ears, my nose, my eyes. So if there is something dodgy going there, usually with nurses, it doesn't happen. It's more yes. professional. They can report back to me immediately and I yeah, can yeah. stop it straight away. Um, it was interesting because yesterday, two days ago, I was reading on a, on a forum on Facebook, a poor lady who discovered one of the rented house that they, it was turned into a cannabis factory and the police went there, destroyed everything and so on. And uh, one of the questions that was asked where I said, when was the last time you went? He said, well, the agency went there six months ago. You know, it's yes. months. There is so much stuff that can happen in, yeah. a, in your house. So for me, sending my cleaner there every two weeks, it's like I'm inspecting the house every two weeks. Yeah. Keep under control much more, and um, and this is a great selling points to my lender when I do rent right. Yes, and to them actually, we control, we check your house. So you controlled. So your your cleaner goes there every two weeks. Every two. And weeks. you talked about the what the other one before, which got turned into a cannabis factory because right. the agent didn't go. Actually, I had a similar experience. Uh, two of my <laughs> properties got turned into cannabis factories in East London, yeah. And uh, the agent was just totally incompetent, yeah. They just didn't go around there, didn't do inspections. And it was my, I mean, I should, looking back, I should have been more proactive checking the agent and demanding, you know, to see their reports and photographs. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just trusted them uh, too much, it seems. 
Uh, so I learned from my mistakes. But yeah, you can't, you know, in this game, you have to keep on top of things, don't you? You need, you, you, I mean, it's good to trust people, but I still yeah. on them. And because I'm a lender on myself, because I've got my own portfolio, I know exactly what my lender wants from me as a property manager. Yes. So I give them uh, whatever I'm expecting from a property manager to do to my house. So it's a kind of, I know what I need to deliver. Okay, so that's great. So we've got this is like the the end result. This is you with this like big property portfolio. You've got yeah. you're managing 150 units. So um, I'd just be really interested to hear your story, like how you started, how yeah. you got your first property, how you got your first, what gave you the idea, you know, and all that sort of thing. So would you like? Yeah, to- no, very happy to do it. So uh, as I said, I was born in Milan. I grew up in Milan. I I went to uni in Milan and studied business and economics. Yeah. That I went straight working for Shell, the old company in the finance department. Yeah, and, uh, I worked for them uh, for 19 years. Uh, wow! <laughs> and, uh, and I worked in Italy, Milan. Then I moved to Hamburg, in Germany. Yes, mm. and then I moved to to London. And then what I loved, as I I mentioned in the past, is I had the international role. So I loved you know traveling on Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, and so on. But Having said all of that, and this father was really loving, I always want to prove to myself I could set up a business on my own. It was a mm. challenge I want to give to myself. And that's probably because my dad was an entrepreneur in the last phase of his career. And so mm. there was a little bit of competition there. I don't know. I don't want to get there. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I want to do it. And um, when I was a kid, I always loved uh, being an architect. So every time I see, you know, a floor plant and so on, I get excited. It's something that is in my blood. And so in 2013, 14, I was in a phase where I said, I really want to try to do something. You know, you always try to invent, uh, you know, to be the new Facebook and so on. But I thought, I'm not that smart. I want to do something more related to properties because I've got this passion since I was a kid. And um, at that time, I didn't have a lot of money. So I really just Google something like property strategy, which do not require a lot of upfront money. Right. And I say, let's see what comes up. Because, you know, with my, at that time, I was not educated in property. So for me, it was the only way to buy property was buy with a mortgage, 25%, you rent it out, stop. And then 10 years later, you buy a second one. So, um, so I Google all of that. And rent to rent popped up. Hmm. I read it. I said, oh, it sounds a little bit dodgy. I really don't understand that. Uh, but as usual, as I explained before, I take decisions based on my real experience. So what I decided to do, uh, I went to a three-day course and uh, rent to rent. And I remember telling my wife, she's English, and I said, I'm going to spend three days in London to this course. I might completely waste my money. Uh, the best case scenario, we found a way to get out of our corporate um, World and um, I went to this course and I remember came back on Sunday night with a smile from here to here and say I think we found the strategy for us and I completely fell in love with the strategy mm. was uh, for three main reasons the main one is because it's a totally cash flow strategy yeah because I want to leave my corporate job I with Gilly we took the the decision say we will leave the job only if or when our new business is going to give us 
in terms of net profit after tax, the same amount of money as our corporate job. Yeah. I didn't want to change my uh, quality of life. I said, sure. Living this way, I want to carry on living this way or even better. I don't want to lower my quality of life. So, um, and obviously, if you've got a cash flow strategy, which does not require a lot of money, uh, that is a really good winning point for me. The second thing that attracted me is because doing rent to rent, you learn how to manage HMOs. And because yes. my ultimate goal was to build a portfolio of HMOs, I said, well, A, I want to learn it, and B, I want to understand if I like it. Because yeah. you find out that actually it's not my cup of tea. I don't want to do it. So if I set up a rent to rent business and I don't like it, I can always pack it up and sell it. Mm. If I buy three HMOs, I can always sell them, but it's much more complicated and stressful. Mm. It was for me, is like a, a training uh, on the job uh, strategy for me. And um, so these were the two key reasons why I decided to go with that one. So I did this course and then I got a coach who helped me, a mentor who helped me for a few months. And, um, and it's usually when I, I'm passionate about something, I just put all my, my effort into it. So every uh, day I was spending probably an hour, an hour and a half every day on top of my day-to-day job in trying to find properties. And um, I found the first one uh, through sending letters to HMOs. Yeah. Um, uh, Landlord. And, um, you know, I sent 800 letters. I still remember the number. Okay. Expensive. <laughs> I got uh, three answers back. Wow. Pam told me, please remove me from your database. And yeah. it's a good way to start my career. <laughs> yes. The third one was a portfolio lender, or is still a portfolio lender, and he gave me three properties. Wow. So, um, uh, we click really nicely on a personal level. Yeah. Super smart guy, younger than yeah. me. Right. Smart. Uh, we met, he was renting all those properties to the council at that time, and he had some bad experiences and uh, he, he was seeing all his property being you know treated quite badly and uh, i'm not saying that all the council customer are like that that was his experience obviously and um and when i went there i said you know what i'm going to put new furniture uh, pack it up your house a little bit and you know treat it as it was my house and um it was all you know great music for his ear and um he gave them to me. So that's the way I started. Um, so can you say um, like the numbers, like how much he was getting before and how much you rented them from him? And how yeah, much so I was, I was uh, making for each property around um, uh, the biggest one, 750 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, the other two that were a little bit smaller, I was making 600 pounds uh, net per month. Okay. As an okay. obviously it depends a little bit of maintenance, but um, two of them were perfect, so they were really solid house. I had very little uh, um, maintenance to be done. The third one was, uh, you know, a beginner mistake. Uh, I went in; it looked okay, and you know, he had four walls and a roof. I was not experienced at that time. Yeah, I didn't check properly the windows, and because oh. for me a window is a window. Yeah. And then I discovered once my tenants moved in that those windows were all single glazed windows with okay. aluminium framework, which is right. like living in a tent, basically. Right. And uh, 
But at that time, uh, you, know, you don't know what you don't know. No. So I had six months of hell where all my tenants were complaining correctly. So to me, say, oh, yeah, it's like living in a tent. You need to do something here. And uh, luckily, I managed to convince the landlord to replace all the windows into double glaze, uh, PVC um, framework, and so on. And so uh, I learned in a very hard way that uh, one of the key way of succeeding rent, rent is really pick and choose the right type of property. So now okay. when I go into a property, the first thing I check is windows, the boiler, the radiators, and any signs of more. Okay. And so on. Because these are the key things that really would impact really negatively on the life of the tenants. Which okay. They've got a really bad impact because then you need to. Okay. Start. So you said um, the properties were you netted 750 or 600. Yeah. Is that 600 and 750. So is that the, the, your profit, your net profit? My profit. My so profit how, much did you pay, how much did you pay the landlords and how much did you pay? Uh, the, the landlords, so uh, in, the, in the one I paid, 1500 pounds and I was getting around 2600 pounds in across uh, how much and 2600 2600 yeah and uh, the model I do it I pay all the uh, bills except for gas and electricity so my tenants pay for gas and electricity okay I'm one of the few people who do that and then yeah, yeah. why I do that is because uh, all the other bills are Fix, you know, comes yeah, yeah. So, so again, back to what I said 20 minutes ago, I like to predict my yeah, yeah, very accurate. While gas electricity depends on the usage, obviously, you know. And um, so I didn't want to to be in a situation where I couldn't monitor or control yes big items in my profit and loss. And so, uh, so, so they have like one bill for the house and they share it between them. They, well, no, they, the way we do it, most of the times we've got prepaid meters or now they're smart meters. So they basically recharge the meters as they use it. So usually there are five of them and once a month they spend about 20, 30 pounds each. They, they recharge the meter. And oh, oh it's, it's, so, so, so the meter is for the house. They yeah, it's for the house. And they, so, so every uh, month they all get together and they, they, they pay yeah. a certain and They pay whatever they need to month. pay. So yeah. I, don't, I don't macro-manage them. They, we explain from day one how it works, and then it's, it's an internal agreement how to do that. I don't get involved at all. Do, do you have to put the prepaid meters in, or are they already there? Sometimes, yes. The yeah, okay. of that is uh, it's free to do that. Um, there were a couple of there are a couple of situations where we couldn't replace the standard meters with the prepaid meters because they were in a very awkward location. So in those couple of houses, we need to do some paperwork ourselves. So on the thirtieth of each month, we ish, we ask for a bill for the for the month, and then we send it to our tenants and said the bill for this month is whatever hundred pounds. Let's assume it was that. And, and they pay me the hundred pounds and then I pay the bill. So um, that's the case where I get a little bit more involved, but we try not to be involved at all. So I want prepaid meters, smart meters, all this everywhere. So our involvement is zero, which, which is what I want. And, um, and that's why the numbers I gave you, they, you know, the numbers 
the utility bills are a little bit lower than we would expect because we don't have gas and electricity. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that, that's really interesting. So, um, I can show you some um, before and after uh, photos and some numbers if that uh, you think would help. Uh, yeah, it would do. But first, just to just to explain a bit more. So, um, yeah. the uh, so the, the the owner he was yeah. previously was he receiving how much was he getting from the council? Do you know? He was getting from the council a little bit more. I think he was getting uh, seventeen hundred. So uh, still, like, so you were getting a lot much more. So he was getting seventeen hundred. So obviously, it's a no-brainer. If you're getting yeah. seventeen hundred, but you're getting all these problems, exactly. uh, it makes a lot more sense to rent to you. Uh, for 1500 right. with no hassle uh right. but what's the amazing thing is you managed to get it up from 1700 to 2600 yeah and uh, the reason so for that is because you rent room by room and obviously if you rent to a family uh oh so he was doing it as a single let pardon oh he he was the property he was renting as a single let because i thought he was he renting as a, a as a you know a council house as a council house because you said okay it was you did you sent landlord letters which means no. the register of the uh, hmo landlords Correct. he happened to be uh, as well as having his hmo because he was a portfolio landlord he had these two other ones which were single let no 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 uh, no 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 sorry didn't explain myself so this guy as HMOs, and that's what I got it. Yeah. He was uh, renting the property to the council on a single let basis. Okay. Uh, uh, it was, it was, uh, even though so it was an HMO, but he was renting it out to the council on a single to let basis. To the council, you know, to the council, how do you call it? Housing Association. Housing Association as a single let basis. As a single let. It was let. registered by the council, it was registered in their HMO register. Correct. Because it technically was an HMO. But and, he already, uh, he, he didn't like doing HMOs, which is why he, he was with HMOs before and then he thought, oh, I'll right. So he thought, I sent I rented to the council, so it's hassle free, it's guaranteed rent, all this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And he found out that actually, it was more or less hassle-free, but then the house was treated in a way that he didn't like. And uh, treated badly. So even though, in theory, the council is supposed to put it back to the correct to yeah, the same condition, in practice, he had problems that he found. Yeah, it. yeah. So the, the council put it back eventually. But, you know, it's still, if you see your beautiful house being treated in a different way, yeah. and then it's, you know, sometimes he had some... Uh, Words complaining and this kind of stuff. So with me, he knew that uh, I was going to spec it up, have a nice tenants and uh, manage the neighbors myself. So I, I've not spoken for, with him for, for more than a year and uh, because we don't need to. So that sounds ideal for you because you because it's already set up as an HMO. Correct. And you're basically paying a single length uh rent in fact slightly less than a single let rent mm -hmm. uh but it's already set up so really all you have to do is to you refurbish it a bit you put in furniture and then you use these strategies to find a good quality tenants uh through your own uh, uh foreign language sites on facebook and and then you, you to these corporate uh big corporations so because you just... basically you could market it better yeah you're able to um right. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, I, and I can spec it up in a nice way because I've got you spec it up. So yeah. So what? How did you spec it up? What sorts of things did you do? So what What I do is uh, I tend 
to try to replace the, the flooring with, instead of carpet, we put um, uh, laminate flooring because I think it looks nicer. And more importantly, you know, it doesn't stain. Uh, you can clean it very easily and so on. Uh, we tend to use neutral colors around the house, but we always have a, um, a, a, a wall feature wall. You know, so this is my house now. Uh, yeah. The gray one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, then we put pictures on the walls um, everywhere. I hate white walls there. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, to buy good quality furniture. And the reason for that is because if you buy cheap furniture, it's a false economy because then you need to replace it on a regular basis. And then it, at the end, in the long term, you pay even more uh, than that one. Um, we love plants uh, to put everywhere. And in a lot of our uh, rooms where we can, we try to put um, a flat screen as well. So oh. And so we try to be in the, you know, the luxurious market if we can. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, if you are in the average market, let's yeah. say the competition is massive. If you are in the luxurious market where your house, the rooms are potentially the most expensive in your own spare room, but then the product is completely different. There's always a market for that, you know? And, um, and that's normal life, you know? The luxurious market is always booming every time. You know, during COVID, I read an article yesterday, the number of multimillionaires uh, got up 10, per, 10 times more during COVID, you know? Because yeah, yeah. Market it is. And um, so we try to, if we can, we cannot do it all the time sometimes you know the house is not in the condition to do that so so the furniture you provide what a a, a bed a double bed so, so we do a at least a queen bed queen bed minimum uh, ideally a, 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 a double bed then we've got bedside table with a lamp on it then we've got a wardrobe with a chest of drawer underneath we've got a desk with a with a chair with a lamp again uh, we've got a mirror, usually on the wall or on the on the doors of the wardrobe, and then we've got uh, the television if we can, yeah, yeah, on the wall, and then uh, some pictures. Uh, mm. And um, the beds usually we use a metal frame because you know you can put stuff underneath, and uh, and because it's metal, it lasts much longer than a wooden one. And, yeah. Um, so we have learned also that one. We used to have a completely different range of beds and um, oh. kept breaking all the time. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with the steady um, metal one. They, they still look beautiful in my opinion. And then we buy a very good quality mattress. That's for me. It's oh. And because, you know, people want to sleep well and, um, and they last much, much longer. How much do you spend on the mattress? Uh, between 20 and 20, 50 pounds each time. Okay. So it's quite expensive. At the beginning, I was paying 80 pounds with the mattress. Yeah, yeah. They were then the springs were coming out after six. Sure. So that's no good. So uh, I've got a local shop here in Bristol where uh, I got a good deal from them. And uh, yeah, between 20 and 20, 50. And do you uh, rent them out uh, on a, do they all have their own AST contract? Yeah, so it's usually a room only AST. Um, so that's the way we do most of our properties. Sometimes we manage to get a, a, a group together, so five friends, 
together with one AST for 12 months. And uh, so we put them there. So even if it's uh, an HMO, uh, yeah. we put it room by room, but we rent it as a group. And uh, that's where we are moving all our business at the moment. So we are trying to do all of our uh, properties into one AST for 12 months in a group of people. And I find it, it's, it's much, much better. We still got a few on the room. Oh, that's better um, few, is it? Well, it's it's better. you have your fewer, fewer ASTs, but supposing yeah. one of them wants to move out, how does that work? Oh, well, the other one, because the other one are uh, responsible for that AST. They're all okay, they're, they're all they're all responsible for it, but if yeah, they yeah, move so out, they, they, they remove their name from it. And you remain, yeah, we, we replace it with somebody else. And, uh, uh, and do, if they cannot, if they cannot replace it, they need the other three or four that are staying in the house, they need to pay for the... the oh, so they find the other, do they find the new person? Either they find it or we find it ourselves. We, okay. we offer always the option to them to find who they want to live with. Yeah. They, they, this person is to live with them, so if it's a friend, it's better. Yeah. They don't know. If they want us to find it, we find ourselves. We've got plenty of time. For and how does that work with the ST? Do you then have to stop the old ST and start a new one? Or do you just... No, no, you just it? replace, you just replace... Just replace. One in, one out. And do they all have to sign it again or not? No. Yeah, yeah, they need to sign. Well, they they, 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 they need to sign all together. And... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there so is a bit of admin to be done. A bit of admin, yeah. But um, it doesn't, to be honest, I've been doing this one ST in a group for three years, four years, and that's happened less than five times in all those years. So it doesn't... Oh, really? That someone's moved it's out? A, it's, a, it's, it's very, very rare that happens. Really? There are some exceptional... Because they either, they either all stay or they all move out. Yeah, they, they all stay and then they all go away. And uh, Yeah, yeah. We had a couple of our houses last summer where origin was a group of five. Three of them moved on because... One find a boyfriend, the other two find a job somewhere else, and two stay there. They found another three people, and they carry on for another year. They're still there now, that group. And um, so I, I like the one IST group because there is less turnover, and uh, there is less management of uh, tenants because they know already each other. So it's rare that they can fall out with each other, and um, so it's it's an easier scheme and uh, so how do you so you explained how, how, how you refurbish them you've explained how you you find your tenants and everything how you set it all up but how do you find the um the the landlords the single landlords who are willing to so i i find them in two ways one is through letting agencies which is okay. my favorite way okay the, the other one is directly with a marketing campaign directly to land, like the one that I mentioned. But that goes to HMOs, though, doesn't it? The direct mail one. They got direct one, but you can find them also in another way. So if you go on open rent, for example. If you go to? Open rent. Open rent. Yeah. You can go there. You can find there all the properties advertised by private lenders because um, letting agents cannot advertise there. And uh, oh. the big variety you have got, you know, family homes, HMOs, and so on. And um, and that's another way to find them. Or you can go on Gumtree. Gumtree, yeah. And there you can go on uh, sometimes on Facebook Marketplace. 
you can find them there. Okay. There are different ways to, there is, you know, my, uh, word of mouth. So we yeah. have lenders that they referred us to their friends who were lending themselves. And we got more business with that one and so on. But my, my preferred way is through letting agencies because uh, uh, if you build a strong relationship with a letting agent, then you can leverage the network, you know, that uh, network of lender to scale. Yeah. So through one relationship, with one letting agent, you can get five, six, 10, 20. But, but then you would have to pay them what, 10% a month or something, do you? No, I don't pay the, the agency. So I, if they lose, they're losing their income if they do that. Referral. Well, it depends. So there are two scenarios. One scenario is that letting agents does only a tenant finder job for the letting for the landlord, and that's the best situation. Okay, so they are looking for the ten, the lender goes to them and say, "Find me a tenant," and then I, the lender, will keep managing it myself. Okay, so right. in that case. With me doing rent to rent, that's the perfect combination because they can find the tenants, me, very quickly. I'm not in a chain, so I don't need to give notice to my lender. I can move in very quickly. And the other good thing is, as you know, now the letting agents cannot charge the tenants for any fees. Okay, that's, that's one. They can. However, in a business to business situation like with me, they can still charge me, so they can make money out of it. Okay. So um, actually, so you pay them a commission. You pay commission, which is legally what they need to do. So they can make money out of me. While if they find a, a standard tenants, they cannot charge anything to the standard. Tenant. Oh, okay. So this is so. If a landlord goes to a letting agent, there's different types of management. If they if they want full management, then they might yeah. have to pay the letting agent. Say you know. 12 percent a month but if they just uh and in, the, in that case the letting agent would probably want to keep it for themselves so they could get that management fee but if the landlord says oh i just want you to find a tenant and i'll manage it uh then in that case it's it's, uh, it's easier for them to just do it to you and you would or pay for well you they wouldn't even the landlord's paying them for finding you uh yeah. so anything so they you get, pay them is extra excellent so they get double fees they get yeah yeah the land on the few from me so it's you know it's a perfect combination for them so that's the vast majority of uh, our cases with the letting agencies um sometimes even if they do full management we still manage to work with them because basically we offer to them a level of support so for example if there is a maintenance issue in a standard situation the letting agency should go to the house assess this the, the maintenance issue then they should call a three trade person, people get three quotes and then call the landlord, get one quote accepted and then go back to the house, make the work done, blah, blah. If we are involved in, uh, in this management, we will do all of that for them. Okay? Okay. So the lender will still pay the letting agency that 10%. Yeah. That we will do a lot of work that the letting agency will be doing and uh, hence, uh, we, we save time and money to the letting agents. And, uh, yeah. So, so the letting agent, uh, so with full managers, it's the same principle. The letting agent still gets two sets of fees because he gets the, the same fee from the, yeah. the landlord. 
uh, and plus um, you you pay him something as well, and it's easier for him because he doesn't have to sort out the maintenance issues. Right. So they still get the ma- the, the management fee from the landlord, but they yeah. don't to do all the work. They need to do some work, but not all the work that they yeah, should yeah. earn that management fee. And uh, but our favorite situation is where the letting agency is just tenant funded, so it's a really clear cut, and uh, so then we move in, they get out. And it's very, very easy. And the beauty of that for us is also, then we've got the direct contact with the landlord. And then, you know, we can leverage that relationship to, to find other landlords. Okay. So, that sounds great. And you mentioned the other strategy where you, you buy, you refurb, and then you refinance. Correct. So how do you, um, how do you find those houses? Which... So those houses, again, I do it uh, in a very boring way, which is through <laughs> right move or super. Okay. Uh, but I've got a clear uh, model yeah, yeah. used for the last seven years. So I usually buy a three-bedroom house, which is uh, really run down. Yeah. You know, usually when I see an orange carpet or a pink toilet, it's kind of stuff. Pink toilet, yeah. <laughs> Touched for 30 years. Yeah. This is a probate, so the poor person has passed away, so they're, uh, you know, they see they, there's uh, the other part of the family are trying to sell it. Mm. Um, and what we do is usually we we buy it in cash and then uh, we uh, refurbish in a pretty heavy way. So we usually extend it and, yeah. uh, and we turn a three-bedroom house into a five-bedroom HMO. Are you building a rear extension? Either rear or side, depends where they are. We never go to the loft because okay. it's worth going to the loft. Uh, but uh, rear or, uh, uh, sorry, rear or on the back, that's the way we do it. Uh, we create usually an L-shape um, living kitchen and dining. And then we've got usually two bedrooms downstairs with a bathroom. And then upstairs, we've got three bedrooms with a bathroom. And that's our, our model. And, um, and because we extend it, we improve massive. So usually we replumb, rewire, we change everything. So on. then... Uh, once we, we have done that, we go to a bank, we ask for a mortgage. And if we have done the, the job right, which is so far that you would have done, uh, they value it at a much higher level, which allows us with a 75% less uh, mortgage to pay back my investor, including the um, interest that she or he has accrued so far. And I usually take out um, 50% of the money I invest myself in the reform. So the way we do it, the investor purchases the property. I pay for the reform. So I show that I've got skin in the game, which I think is very important. So I yeah. put the risk, the financial risk myself. And then, um, as I said, when we refinance it, we give all the money back to the lender, uh, to, the, to the investor, put the, uh, the interest. I get probably 40, 50% of my money back. And then we start again. And that's the way uh, I've done it in the last. So you would leave some, you would leave some money in the deal. Some you money there, yeah. And then yeah. usually two years later, when I refinance it, I yeah, yeah. the remaining bit. Uh, so when you say you buy it originally, so it, you, do you buy it in your own name, and the investor lends you the money? Uh, we buy, uh, we buy through a company, but yeah, we buy it. In buy a, through a company. Through and our the, company, and then the investor lends the company money. Yeah, so the first charge we, do they have correct. Yeah. He, he gets a first child in RX1 or our property. So he, there is some safety. 
there. And um, and then um, and then when we we refinance it, the the you know the the solicitor gives the money back to to the uh, investor first, and then whatever is left gives goes back to us. And um, and that's done it in the last six years. And um, and at the beginning, I used my own money, yeah, some money myself. And then, as everyone, at one point, when you scale up quite quickly, you run out of money. Yes, <laughs> you are a multi multi billionaire. And um, and I found this investor. She's a lovely, lovely lady here in Bristol. I found her through my mortgage broker. And oh, she has financed me the last five projects, and, wow. uh, and you know it works very well for her. It works very well for me. And um, yeah, it did so it. you just have one investor. Just one investor. But were you open to more investors? Yeah. If people yeah. came along, you're open to more. Potential. I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to expand my business anymore. But uh, I might do flips. Maybe we can have a chat about. So, um, and it's interesting. You found the investor through um, your mortgage. My mortgage broker. Because people yeah. are always looking for investors. But uh, and it was a funny way because I've been working with this mortgage broker for ten years now. Yeah. All all my career plus before when I bought my own house. And so he's a very good friend. So, yeah, yeah. So I remember one day uh, I, I called Paul, that's his name. I say, Paul, it's a little bit of a long shot, but actually, have you got any customer or any of your clients who have got 20, 40,000 pounds under the mattress? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know what? Actually, yes. In fact, I've got somebody who's got much more than 240,000 pounds under the mattress. And he lends that money to through me, so the, my broker, to yeah. work uh, clients. And he was very honest. He said, Joseph, I just monitor you, your you know, career, how you were building yeah, yeah. for the last four or five years. I didn't offer this lady to you at the beginning because I want to test you. Yeah. That you deliver because obviously yeah, yeah. my number, he knows the number better than I do. Uh, I can trust you, so I'm very happy to put you in touch. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, five, five houses later, we are still working together. And uh, so um, it was, it's brilliant. I, I feel I, I won the lottery. Meeting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's the way I did it. That's amazing. So, um, so obviously, if someone's starting out, they're better off starting off with rent to rent because that doesn't involve any any capital. But later on, when they start to get some uh, capital, then they can do this other uh, buy uh, refer. Correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. So I started. I chose rent to rent as I said for cash flow. Mm. Goal I gave to rent to rent was to replace my my salary and Julie's salary, and that's yeah. what he did quite quickly. And then the second phase of uh, the second goal we gave to rent rent was to help us to live the life we want to live. Yes. Create surplus of cash in order to build our own portfolio in the way that I've just described. That's what uh, we have done. And uh, so now we are in phase three, which means that our portfolio is paying our lifestyle. Yeah. That, so we are going to carry on with rent rent business. And what I want to do is I want to use that money, that net profit from that business to pay down the mortgages on my portfolio. Yes. Okay? Because eventually it would be nice to have, you know, 
a portfolio without any mortgage on that. Yeah. Um, and once that happened, uh, I can retire. Uh, I, I think I will never retire because I've got too yeah, much yeah. passion for this. But, you know, I can really chill as much as I need. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the, the, and that's what I always share with everyone. You need to choose a strategy, a property strategy, and give a specific goal or goals. So you don't choose one because it's the flavor of the month. Or yeah, yeah. You need to say, I want this strategy to deliver X, Y, Z, because X, Y, Z is the way I want to live my life. And that's what yeah, I yeah. to rent to rent. I gave rent to rent three tasks. Uh, so far, it has delivered two tasks out of three. <laughs> and now we are in yeah. three. And um, so in a very scientific way, and that's the way I tend to do stuff. And how long did it take you to replace your salary? So I started in November 2014. Uh, and in January 2016, uh, Gilly left her job, and in July 2017, I left my job. So not very two years. Two yeah. So uh, so one 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 year for your wife and two years yeah. for you, which is amazing, really. No, and uh, you know, honestly, just working probably between eight and ten hours a week on our. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not that much because again, the trick is to you to choose the right property and the right tenants. We spend a huge amount of time in uh, vetting our tenants and choosing the right property. And yeah, yeah. Um, we, even before doing a viewing with a potential tenants, we ask these poor tenants <laughs> 12 questions. So we really screen to death these tenants. And uh, only if they pass this first screening of 12 questions, we allow this person to do the viewing. If uh, he or she doesn't pass these 12 questions, we don't even show What sort of questions do you ask them? Well, we, we ask one of the questionnaires is, which makes me laugh a lot because I, I couldn't believe I had to ask this question is, have you checked the location of this property? Because uh, at the beginning, I used to do a lot of viewings. And one of the reasons they say, I don't want your room is because it's too far from where I need to work. Right. We have got Google map on everything. Yeah, yeah. Just put the, the postcode of where you live or you, where you go to work every day and the postcode of my house and see if the distance, yeah, yeah. you know? And then we do a lot of screen, we check them on social media. That's really important for us because this person might, you know, pass all the technical screen, like yeah. the previous landlord and so on. But I want yeah. to understand what type of life this person lives. Sure. If he lives a life that I don't want this guy to live in my house, that type of life, Yeah, I've got, the rights to say, no, that's not a good tenant for me. Yeah. And, um, we speak with uh, previous landlords, we speak with previous, the other tenants. And um, so, yeah, there are a lot of questions that we ask. And um, and it does work. We still got it wrong a couple of times, but you know, however, yeah. I think we got three bad tenants and they were not really, really bad. Yeah, that's that's not bad considering it's not bad, you know. Yeah, most people have a lot more, much, much worse. Yeah, of course. And so, I was also (laughs) curious. So, um, the example you gave was where it was already uh set up as an HMO, but you got it at a single let price. But presumably, most of yours you're renting them, there's their single let properties, are they? And you're having to turn them into HMOs, are you? You're having to put fire doors in, you're putting alarms in. 
And, yeah. and how much is that still included in the five to seven thousand, or is it more? Yeah, it's more towards the seven thousand that one because it mm. probably between two and three thousand pounds to make it compliance with HMO. So you need to have fire doors everywhere, obviously. Then you need to have a fire alarm all interlinked with a with a wiring. You need to have a heat system, a heat detector, usually in the kitchen. Uh, you need to have. Uh, uh, what else you need to have? You need to have the fire blanket in the kitchen, and um, you know you need to have. There is a long list of things you need to do. And do you have to apply for a license, or uh, sometimes yes, sometimes not. Yeah. So if it's five or more people living in the house, you must apply for a license. Yeah. Obviously, uh, if it's four people in some areas, you need to apply for a license. If there is what is called additional license or selective license. In some areas, you don't. And, um, and to be fair, at the beginning, that was a kind of my, my game to use a three-bedroom house with two reception rooms, turn it into a four-bedroom house and uh, in an area where I didn't need to apply for a license. I was still uh, making it compliance with, um, with HMO because for me, the compliance to HMO is all about safety, okay? And um, because it's all about, you know, preventing fires and... Uh, is and gas and stuff like that. And, um, but you know, not having to apply for a license was a level of complexity that at the beginning I didn't want to go there. I was not. Stupid. Okay. But you're not in an Article 4 area then, are you? Uh, I've got it near me. Yeah. Article 4. And in fact, the annoying bit is, uh, when was it? Two years ago, 2019. Yes, three years ago now. I was just about to buy what would have been the best house in my portfolio it was just wow. perfect, perfect. And uh, I put an offer, was accepted, was good price and so on. And uh, one month later, uh, Article 4 kicked in in that area. And I complete uh, uh, in those four weeks. So yeah. yeah. And it was, I was so annoyed. I was really, really annoyed. And, uh, but you know, that's the life. And uh, yeah, well, with, it's with been the, with the games. We, we, we better call it a day. We've, we've okay. had now. It's been fantastic talking to you, uh, Giuseppe. Uh, no problem. I've learned, I, haven't, I haven't adopted this strategy myself rent to rent, but I've heard a lot about it over the years. And obviously, um, you know, some people do it well. Other people do it not not so well. Excellent. There's a lot of bad. There is a lot of bad press. For yes, and I know in your case you had uh, you said you had a mentor, and and I think yeah. you offer mentorship yourself, don't you? So. Correct. Yes. And so, if someone wants to get in touch with you, well, well, well they, you yeah, they they can um, you know through Facebook or LinkedIn they can find me as Giuseppe Leone, uh, or my email address is gi at gateproperties.co.uk. And, um, and that's your website, is it? Liongate Properties. Yeah, UK. Yeah. There is our uh, letting business called myplaceinbristol.com. Okay. All our properties are there. So again, you can contact me through that website. And um, yeah. Okay. For, uh, having me here, I really enjoy it. Great. Yeah, me too. We can do stuff together on flipping and something. Uh, yeah, so, sounds good. So, uh, so great, great to have you on the show. And um, yeah, I hope to meet you in uh, real life one day. I hope so. Thank you so okay. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Bye.